All right, it's wait, is it recording? It's recording. Oh, it says recording on my end too. Okay, great. Oh, good. Yay. So Hi. I want to welcome everybody to the Caffeinated College Coach podcast. This is my first episode with a dear friend of mine, uh, goddess Heidi Gretchen Pulse. And she is an academic advisor at the University of Colorado at Boulder. And we met in graduate school at Emporia State University. And um, I don't know how we survived it, but we did. And we did. Oh my God, we drank the Kool Aid there. Oh my God. Okay. Yes. So I'm going to turn it over to uh, Heidi. I just want to know I know you grew up in Kansas. Yes. And I want to know how you picked your undergraduate um, college to go to. What did you major in? Were you involved on campus? Tell me everything. Sure. So um, I'm so glad to be here. Um, and I, you know, I just adore you. Um, so I grew up in a small town in Kansas and my parents did not go to college. Um, I am a first generation college student. Um, I don't know. I guess I just always knew that I was going to to go to college because both of my parents hated their jobs so much. Uh, my dad was a welder, my mom was a secretary and they, they, they went to work to make money. They, it wasn't career driven at all. And so I think that also being part of a gifted program and then being deemed a smart or honor student in high school, just that was just part of our vocabulary was college, going to college, going to college. Now there was a, or there is a community college in my hometown and um, it is located on Haverhill Road. And so everybody in El Dorado called it Haverhill High because pretty much over 50% of each graduating class from my high school went to this community college, went to Haverhill High. And I just couldn't do it. That just was not, I, I really essentially wanted to get away from my hometown and get, get away from a lot of people in my high school. Um, I thought first in my senior year, at the beginning of my senior year, well, before that, um, I thought I would go to the University of Kansas because that's where my best friend from high school wanted to go. And that was kind of the preppy college to go to. Um, my older sister went to Haverhill High for three years <laughs> and then went to Kansas State University for uh, four years. So it took her a long time to get through her undergrad. And um, K-State is definitely more like agricultural school where a lot more small town folk went. Uh, so I didn't want to do that either. But my best friend, Jennifer, was going to KU. She just knew it. And so I was like, yes, that's great. And then by my senior year, lots of different things happened. And I thought, nope. I want to go to a 
Christian school, why, I don't know, private, why, I don't know anything about these things. I don't know what a private school is. Um, so for some reason, I thought uh, Southern Methodist University uh, in Texas. Why? I don't know. Random, completely random out of the blue. So I met with uh, their people who came, the admissions folk, they came to our high school and there were two of us who really were interested in SMU. Uh, me and this, this other guy from our gifted program who we ended up dating for a while, actually, that has nothing to do with the story anyway. <laughs> um, and Charles, I mean, he was beautiful and quirky and nerdy. And I was one of the cool kids and he said he wanted to be an entrepreneur and my parents made so much fun of that from then on out because we, our parents met with the admissions rep with us. And now I look back and I'm like, why make fun of that? What year was this? Because this was, oh, that's a great, great question. This was 1990. Right. So back then an entrepreneur was a foreign language, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially just somebody who had, who didn't have any experience in college, right. knew nothing about, you know, um, but his parents had gone to college. And so he was like, he, they knew a lot more lingo. I mean, we were in this meeting and my parents knew, knew nothing. Like my, my dad had on his one clean button down shirt and, and, you know, it was just a total night and day. Um, he, yeah. So yes, entrepreneurship, um, which is funny. Now I work with a lot of students who are, who are going to school for entrepreneurship, but uh, by the way, he ended up going to Vanderbilt, not SMU anyway. Um, so went at, visited over a break and this is my parents and I drove down to Dallas and I realized it was so far away there's no way I could go that far um so there was a an admissions rep um who I still keep in touch with Cody Fothergill he he came to school to my high school um from Baker University in Baldwin City Kansas and he talked about Harlexton this semester in England, in Harlexton, England, where um, that was the only study abroad program at the time. You know, this is, this is over 30 years ago, yeah. only study abroad, and you could only go in the spring. So it was, they took very few kids, like kids, they took very few students, maybe like 12 each semester. It was just such a small program and it was like an add-on to the French instructor's job to be in charge of study abroad, which is, again, was really nothing. And I thought, oh my gosh, that sounds perfect. I'm so excited. I want to study in England. Went to a senior weekend at Baker and this was in February. Loved every minute of it. It it's this teeny tiny school 
850 students. Uh, the campus was like a bigger block, uh, a, a bigger city block, uh, supersized, I guess, and all of the buildings were on one block. And I stayed at a sorority house, had no idea what the Greek system was, except for like watching Revenge of the Nerds, the movie. <laughs> same, same. Yeah, right, right? Yeah. So um, stayed at the Alpha Chi house. You're getting the long version. Dude, I love this. Keep talking. I, I don't version. talk to you enough, so please. So that's true. Um, so I, and again, not knowing anything about college, really. I mean, I went on three college visits, true college visits, and they were all of these small uh, private schools in Kansas that were super, super small. I visited uh, Bethel in Newton, Kansas. Weird vibe, and I had been in student government in high school, and the student government, uh, the student body president had lunch with us there, and I remember he had body odor. <laughs> this is at Bethel and I'm like no. no just off that one thing I'm like no he has body odor that's gross um the things that we make are decisions like it had nothing to do with cost I had no right. concept of cost of never sat in on a class the things that students ask now yeah uh instructor ratio professors with phds no, no concept yeah no one of my questions was like does it have my bank and a taco bell right exactly and that's all you need to know really i'm good i mean all you need to know right there <laughs> yeah to to know anything else i mean also, he wasn't like super cute. So I'm like, whatever, you know, absolutely would have been cute and, you know, smelled like old spice. I don't know. Actually, it was polo cologne back. Polo. Then. It was <laughs> polo. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. If he would have smelled like polo, I would have been all on board. Totally. Sorry. Polo. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what was the third campus? <laughs> well, the third campus was, was Bethany in Lindsborg, Kansas. Lindsborg is adorable. It's, you know, completely Scandinavian town, teeny tiny in, in Kansas. Um, it just wasn't, nothing stuck with me whatsoever. Nothing stuck with me. But at Baker, Baker was close to Lawrence, Kansas, which is where KU is located. Where you're so I thought where I, where my best friend was going and she never wavered, but that's the kind of person she is. I waver at everything. Yeah. She is very, and she always knew she wanted to be a doctor. She's been a doctor for, you know, 25 years now or whatever. Um, so visited Baker, stayed at a sorority house and this, this is not, what I would recommend anybody make their college decision on, but they have these things called serenades where the fraternities would go around and serenade the sororities. And I was like, I'm in, done. 
where I'm going. They have serenades. Boys come around and sing to the girls. Exactly. Again, I'm from small town Kansas. So like something like that is a huge deal. So then I went to their scholarship days. Um, Thought I was going to major in biology. So scholarship days, I... uh, May I, I interviewed for for biology scholarships, got nothing. I got, I mean, I got money for my ACT and GPA, but nothing that I interviewed for because I obviously didn't know what I was talking about. So, um, at that, my my person who took me around at scholarship days, her name was Ann Wills, and she was a Zeta Ta Alpha which I had not stayed at the Zeta Ta Alpha house at my, in, in February, this was more like in March, the, the scholarship days of my senior year. In February, when I spent the night, I was, I spent the night at the Alpha Chi house, Alpha Chi Omega. Um, but Ann Wills, I really liked her. She was so nice and I was so nervous during scholarship days, it was just, she was just super nice. She was a senior though. So I knew I would not be at Baker with her. Um, But she made enough of an impression on me that um, I, I just remembered her when I actually got to Baker. So anyway, went to Baker University, um, nobody else from my hometown had been there or gone to school there since the six, 1960s. So I, I loved that. <laughs> I wanted to reinvent myself. I had been this person who was just such a people pleaser and uh, you know, growing up and I wanted to, to do all of the things to make myself popular and was not really <clears throat> true to myself. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, College is going to be different. Uh, I'm, I had gone through kind of a hippie phase. The, the summer between high school and college. <laughs> where, I did not know this about you. Yes, oh. where I had, and this was part to do with my mom because she, she had fancied herself a hippie in the late 60s. And she was like, do you know this is your last summer kind of a freedom do you know whatever you want well I was still had to make money but I wasn't saving constantly for like cheerleading camp and a cheerleading jacket and that's where all of my money used to go like the right clothes and all of that stuff so don't forget hair products well yes exactly good lord which was moose yeah uh, moose and Aquanet, 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 absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. What are you going to do with curly hair in 1991? This is the bigger the better. The bigger right. the better. Um. So yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So went to went to Baker. Um, moved in all of my hippie, uh, 
posters. I had like a uh, this drawing that my younger sister had done because she was an art student and it was very psychedelic. And I had my uh, Mexican blanket that I had gotten um, from some flea market. I don't, you know, just, just stuff like that. And my roommate, so I knew nobody. So I, I knew that I was going to move in with a random person. And I actually, no, wait a second. I met her, I met Heather in this, in July before we moved in in August. And she was from Leavenworth, never met her, didn't know her. So I know roommates, the whole roommate thing can be very um, nerve wracking. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it's horrible. For me, it worked out. Even though she, I had never known somebody who needed everything name brand. Even her underwear had to be Ralph Lauren. That was her favorite was Ralph Lauren. But her parents owned this biker bar in Leavenworth. It was just very weird. It was like she was trying to do the most to be completely different from her family. We went through, we all moved in a week before, which I love about orientation at a small private school. You can, you move in, you do all of these activities every single day with each other. You get to know each other. And that's also when we used to call it rush, but now it's called formal recruitment. That's also when formal recruitment was. So we weren't trying to juggle school and recruitment like a lot of, you know, a lot of institutions do. Uh, we were both going through recruitment. We were in different rush groups. We had two suite mates. And so we had a bathroom in the middle. Now, this is something I didn't know to look for. I never actually toured a residence hall. <laughs> Your face. I'm just, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop because yes, never realized. So there were, they were suites. So we had a, a bathroom in the middle of four people, but my, again, my best friend who ended up going to KU, they had one bathroom on the whole hall. Right. That That's what I had. On yeah. the whole wing. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't imagine doing that. Yeah. And I would go visit her at Oliver Hall, which has now been demolished. <laughs> I know. Um, can I, Can we just digress for a moment? Yes. Residential living on campus now is beyond. Okay. It's like gorgeous. The amenities. I'm like, Amazing. where is the Jimmy Buffett mural on the wall outside my room? Right. Yes. It, like, the substitute like just randomly did for no, no money. Right. Yes. Where's the cinder blocks? Where are the cinder, cinder blocks? blocks? That's right. So you walk in. That is so true. Oh, my gosh. So, so true. Res life now is. It's cut. They, for some, somehow universities have decided that's really like a make or break. Mm hmm. So now there are these gourmet kitchens on the first floor 
And this was when I knew, so I was working at the University of Kansas, <laughs> going back to KU. I worked there for 11 years. They had these huge res halls, right? So, so the huge tall buildings. And so again, res life who was t- that's taken on a life of its own. They were building smaller buildings with fewer students, but more small buildings. Okay. And this was in 2012, let's say, some, somewhere around, or, you know, 2010, something like that, like 11 years ago. And when we were, when we were in college, it was cinder blocks. You had a, a bed and at, at Baker, you could turn your bed into a loft if you wanted. Mm-hmm. We were like, yes. Uh, a built-in desk, a built-in dresser and a wooden chair yep. that I ended up buying a cushion for because it was so uncomfortable. When it, so they were building these, fast forward now back to KU, they were building these brand new residence halls And one of the, we were taking a tour. I was working in orientation at the time. So this was, so we knew kind of what to tell students about, about the residence halls. They had game chairs. You know what this is? Yeah. Game chair where it was not only ergonomically correct, but you could take the chair off of the rollers because it was like a, an office chair that you see today, you take it off the rollers and it, you put it down on the floor and it's on rockers. And then what used to be the rollers of the office chair turned into a table. So you could have a, you could play your games in this chair on the ground on rockers and have a table to put your stuff. And we, we were to tell students about this. This was one of the selling points. I just thought, where, where have we gone? Not necessarily wrong, but. No. Can I digress again? Can I interrupt? Yes, oh absolutely. My God, I'm so sorry. Please. So I remember moving in. I went to the University of Northern Colorado in Greeley, yeah. Colorado. And I don't know if any, you or anybody else out there when I post this will remember, but we, my mom. <laughs> Like, it's so funny. They were like the cardboard dressers. Do you remember those? Yes. Yeah. So I got this little cardboard dresser. Thought it was the shit, right? Absolutely. And my roommate, Jana, um, no, we didn't, it didn't connect. Anyway. Yes. And my bed was one of the original beds from the residence hall because when we came back after winter break we had all new beds bunk beds mattresses like I slept I know right like I didn't know anything else I mean no one was catering to my PlayStation addictions you know nobody was like dining hall service was like cereal bar pasta bar and, and good luck with that freshman 15, right? It was like- Oh yeah. We had no bar. No like, bar. This is a cafeteria. Right. It was a cafeteria. Yeah. Yeah. There what were no bars. It? 
what was it about Baker that, I mean, I know you went Greek, um, outside of, um, was her name Anne? Oh yeah. And so Anne ended up moving in because she did not get along with her roommate. And there's only one residence, one female residence hall, one male residence hall that tells you how little Baker is now. And then there was an upper, upper class, upper classman residence hall that was an old, uh, an old building that used to be a a, um, classrooms and they turned it into uh, a res hall for, for older students upper class who did not go Greek so that at the time campus was like 60 plus percent Greek because you had to to stay on campus mm-hmm. either in a resident in the residence hall which again there was one or or in a, a house and I didn't want to yeah, I mean I was going with the flow everybody was going Greek I'm going to go Greek right yeah and again, not knowing what that meant, really. Um, but that's what everybody was doing. So yeah, I mean, it was, so I ended up by October. I mean, I, I was huge. I was so homesick. I was so, so homesick. This is also, we finally got phones in our rooms middle of the first semester. Yes, that's something people Land don't even lines. know about. The yeah. phone at the end of the hall. The phone at the end of the hall. There were four phones in the whole residence hall. And ours on our wing was on the second floor. There were three floors, by the way. It's not like. <laughs> um, so we had the closest one was on the second floor, one hall down. And yeah, one, one floor down and down the hall. Yeah, so you had to to line up and wait for your turn to talk in the tiny little phone area. And I remember one of the times that I was talking, it was when we first got there and I was crying so hard because I had called home and I was just so homesick and I was bawling and I ran out of the phone room. And of course there are like 20 girls who are in line behind me and every single one of them checked on me later because they wondered if it was okay. That is awesome. Uh, Also during uh, orientation week before classes started, there was a dance one night. So there were two every group there were like 12 first year students or 12 freshmen at the time i mean the lingo of course we're in the in the biz right we're in the biz and know the lingo don't say dorm no we used to get charged 25 cents at our house meetings our our floor meetings if we said dorm because oh yeah because they were switching over to residence hall yes yes you don't say dorms you don't say um, uh, I can't, you know, just all of the lingo anyway. So each, oh yeah, it's not freshman anymore. It's first year students. What is it? First year students. Right. No, fr- yeah. Well, I mean, you could say freshman, 
but you know, there, there are just so many different ways that people are entering school anyway. So one of my orientation assistants, one of my orientation leaders, uh, BJ, she came to my room, drug me out of my room. She was so great. That's awesome. Just loved her. I mean, she really, she helped me so much that first year. So did my RA. What was her name? Sharice. We always remember our RA's name. Absolutely. Sharice was wonderful. And I honestly, she was one of the first. Okay, so Baker was predominantly white, wealthy students from Kansas City. Sharice was Black big, beautiful black woman, hilarious, loved her so much, but coming from a small town, that was one of the first, she was the first person I knew, and this might, might be controversial, but not because it's just truthful, who, she was the first black person I knew who went to college um, one at Baker, but two, you know, I had this Haverhill High, this community college in my hometown, and Black students at this community college went for sports. Football players, especially from other areas, and this community college had a very, uh, very good football program, known nationally, um, she, so Sharice was amazing in my eyes and kind of a unicorn. Um, and now 30 years later, that, that it, it's sad to me that that was, that made such a difference. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How about from coming from Colorado? Did you did you have black students in your high school? Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, we had three and they were all in the same family. Yeah. Go ahead. No, it's okay. It it really is. Um, opening. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Denver um, until about first grade and the neighborhood I grew up in, you know, it was just very urban and very diverse. And when we moved to Aurora, um, to go to a better school district, um, you know, there were people of color on our street. Um, you know, it just, one of my friends, um, like Kevin Roberts was our next door neighbor. Candace King was down the street. My mom would babysit for everybody. It just really, I don't know. I didn't, I mean, I'm not going to be like, I have black friends. It was just like, I, I grew up with a diverse community, so to speak. And so, um, my high school, 
represented it, represented and reflected that community. And when I went to college, you know, for me, it was just like another continuation of how I've been raised and where yes. I went and, you know, all that good juicy stuff. So now is Greeley, Greeley's a smaller town. It is. Than Aurora. And I can say that now living in Colorado, not that I know a lot about it, but it, right. Because Aurora is a big suburb of Denver. A big suburb of, yeah. Yeah. And so Greeley was mainly known for the Montfort uh, meat packaging plant, which I'm sure is still there. Yes. And so as a student who toured the campus, um, like I think it was every Tuesday and Thursday, you could kind of smell stuff in the air. Yeah. And that was, that was super fun. Um, but yeah, like same with you. The, the way I made decisions with going to college, like, what was I thinking? You know, my yeah. friend, my friend Kelly English. Okay, we were both in band. We both decided we're going to go to Greeley. We would like camp out in the public library doing ACT practice tests to get in. You know, it was just, yeah. how did we know where we needed to be? You know, it, it took me five years, did a victory lap because I was clueless you know, and I yeah. don't know. Yeah. So at, at Baker, yes. okay, you didn't major in biology. What happened? I majored in biology for a, a hot five minutes <laughs> and found out that I was really, I really didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. And I thought I wanted to be a pediatrician. So I thought I wanted to go to medical school, just like every other student entering college right. <laughs> who's a biology major. Uh, and it's so, yeah, it's so funny working with first year students and every other student wants to go to medical school. Had no, um, hated the sight of blood, yeah. almost fainted at the sight of blood doing an internship. So that wasn't good, but I loved my uh, psychology class and my psychology instructor, Tony Brown, Dr. Tony Brown, who was amazing. Um, so I switched to psychology in my first semester. Um, Tony became my, my faculty advisor so in a small school, they don't have professional advisors like we are. They have faculty advisors. And he was fantastic. He was great. I adored him uh, and just thought, what do you do with a psych major? I don't really know because I didn't really plan ahead. <laughs> I mean, I had already gotten to a point where that was my right. whole plan growing up right. was going to college. So what do right. you do next? You don't think about it because you have a whole four years, which that's forever, right? When you're right. 18, uh, but it goes by so fast. So uh, I was a psychology major. I ended up not being my own person at all, um, joined a sorority, which actually helped me through college. I don't know that I would have been as successful if I didn't have the pressure 
to do well academically yeah. because of study tables, because of, you, you know, need to maintain well, a certain GPA, maintain a certain GPA. So I, I felt the pressure to do that, but then Baker was essentially, I loved my time there, but it was a glorified high school. I fell back into the same patterns. I tried out for cheerleader. Uh, I, I became involved because I was very involved in my high school. I came, became very involved in my sorority and I ended up cheering for, for, for football and basketball all four years of college. I had a number of different offices because in my mind, like you can't just belong to something. You have to have offices. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it changed my college experience. It was great, but it, I did it for, I feel like the personal glory more than yeah. trying to get ahead. Like resume builder what's a resume who, who cares because right. I'm going to be in college for a long time so didn't even think about it. so I thought well for psychology I mean there aren't a lot of jobs out there right out of psych right out of uh, undergrad so I'll just go to grad school and that was kind of the plan like but I didn't think about that until my junior year let's say um so Anyway, had a, had a great time, had a super stressful time. I was president of my sorority. I was captain of the cheerleading squad in college. It's so, I mean, ridiculous. It just was not the sorority stuff. Yes, that helped because I learned about programming. I learned about leadership. Uh, why are you, a? I, I mean, we didn't get money. I didn't get scholarship or credit for, for being a cheerleader. Why do that for any other reason, except for just for personal look at me? So I don't regret it. I don't regret it because I met a lot of people that way. I got to travel. So there's one thing. I got to travel with the, the football team. Um, went to France that way. So that was a big deal. I didn't know you did that. Yeah. So that was a big deal. They have these American rules, uh, football exhibition matches in France. And so we won, we were part, we are part of heart of America conference. Baker is that's their conference is heart of America. And so the French who were putting together this exhibition tournament thought that was endearing that <laughs> we were called heart of America. I don't know that they knew that we were not a big school. <laughs> like it's not division one yeah. or, or division two or division 10. No, I don't know. That's not, <laughs> you know what I mean? But they yeah. thought that that was charming yeah. that we were heart of America conference and we had won the conference that year. So we were invited to go. And because and they took six cheerleaders. Uh, not really understanding. I mean, I know now they that was that's weird to them. Our cheer stuff is weird to them. That's that's endearing, also charming. So that was very cool. 
So there were perks, definitely. But by the time that I got to my senior year, and I thought, well, again, by that time I was working in the psych department, I worked for Tony, I worked for the department of the chair, chair of the department, reverse that, chair of the department, um, ran Ziegler. There were only three psych instructors, by the way. That's how you know, that's the department is three people. That's how you know you're at a small school. Uh, and I was just enjoying the time. I was enjoying partying, even though it was a, you know, Christian related school. We partied constantly. Um, boys, that was huge. I just wanted to, to be dating everybody. <laughs> um, and then by the time the graduation rolled around, I realized I really had no idea who I was or what I really wanted to do with the rest of my life. And I was, I went through a huge depression started grad school that next fall at Emporia, but in a general psychology um, program. Moved in with people I didn't know into a crappy, horrible apartment in Emporia. It was $400 a month for four people. So we paid $100 a month. That tells you a lot. Okay, so when I was in Emporia and I stopped being a hall director and I moved into a furnished studio, yes. I paid which was two, nice. Which it was nice. You 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 stayed with me. Yeah. I paid two hundred and sixty-five dollars a month for a furnished studio apartment in Emporia. It was large for yeah. a studio. It was. That's Hilarious. Isn't that amazing? Okay, but that so tells you one about Emporia and two about the time. Like this is right. this is this a year later that 1996 that was or no it was 97 when you moved in right? No, 96 to 98. That 96 was our to 98. Yeah. Um. So in so yeah so in 95 in the fall of 95 that's when I lived in this this little apartment, little crappy apartment, um, was hate in life, didn't enjoy classes. And one of the things that they, that one of my instructors said was in counseling, you, your, your, uh, patients may never get better or no, did he call them clients? Maybe he called them clients. Anyway, I thought I can't do this because I was struggling with depression myself. And it sounded horrible. So I finished the semester, but quit that program. And it was the first thing I quit. And it was the best decision of my life because then I, in February, I got a part-time maternity leave academic advising job at Haverhill High, the community college in my hometown. And applied to Emporia State again, but for the student, what did, what were we, it was counseling at counselor education. What was our program called? Student personnel services and higher education. 
Yes. So that's what it used to be called. And that's where I met you. Yay. And it was, it was so much better and helped me. Yeah. Become the person I am today. <sighs> yeah. But it was a struggle. It, yeah. it, it's, I mean, every day talking to students about what they are doing in the future, some are so driven and some know exactly. And it wasn't that I wasn't driven. But when you aren't exposed, I feel like students now, they're exposed so much more and there's so much more help. Yeah. Going back to Jennifer, my best friend from high school, when she was at KU 30 years ago, 35 years ago, whatever, um, they were literally given a catalog and said, okay, what do you want to major in? That's on page whatever. There you go. There was no such thing as professional advisors. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like in our jobs, we go overboard and we do too much coddling. Yeah. But we give our students the tools to succeed and, and to... Uh, learn about other stuff Mm -hmm. that they may not have thought about yet that's true wow I also feel like our we had blinders on if I would have known that I could absolutely do everything which or anything which is something that I think parents say but it's not really true If I would have, now the things that my nieces who are 15 and 17, the things that they are thinking about career-wise, I would have never known about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But both of their parents went to college and they have all of these resources. Well, the internet. First time I saw the internet was 1995, my senior year in college. And that was the weirdest thing. There's just so much more to. How we serve students now. Yeah, Yeah. it really is. Um, I have to say that I would not have graduated Emporia State without you. Literally, that was just not a healthy headspace for me. I was this city girl going to this small Kansas town that um, I think there was five other Jewish students in the whole community. It was um, definitely uh, eye-opening. So. Well, and I remember you saying, well, I'm going to, did you go to Lawrence or Wichita? Topeka. 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 So if you're, if you're traveling some to a whole different town for services mm-hmm. for your faith, that tells yeah. you something. Oh, and I experienced Fred Phelps and his family. Oh, God. oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm driving up to the Topeka synagogue, right? And all of yeah. a sudden I see these these people holding these huge neon signs as I drive through the gates to get to the synagogue and their signs are completely offensive. And I, 
and I heard about this man, right? Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my God. Um, just, you know. Oh my gosh, yes. One thing that you said really resonated yeah. with me um, is that, you know, through high school, through college, um, there's that component of not really doing things that we wanted to do or live for ourselves or try and create this person that people want us to be. And I remember doing that. Absolutely. Um, Like I was an RA for two years. I was the worst RA. All right. Did no programming. I had, right. I, well, I did some, but I wasn't enough at that point just to be there. Right. Right. (laughs) I mean, I remember this one situation where um, I was on a co-ed floor and my sweet mates were men. So that oh was gosh. super fun, right? Wow. And I know, but there it was just a sink in between. There was no like toilet or shower because okay. we had to go to the only one on the hall for that. Right. Um, so I remember one time my, one of my residents knocks on my door and says, hey, Wendy, can you come over to our room? I said, sure. And sat down not two seconds later, campus police knocks on the door. And they're like, I know, right? And they're like, um, we have a report that you are growing pot in here. And I'm like, you are? (laughs) Like, there's, you know, what? what? What's pot? You know, like I knew, I knew my floor smelled like burnt popcorn. I knew that there was hairspray everywhere to cover up, right? But when I looked in their closet with the campus police, there's like fluorescent lighting underneath the sink in the bathroom. I would have not had a clue. Oh, I so did. And yeah, I, no. I sat with them and I'm like, I just got here. There's, there's no pot. Like, yeah. How do I know if this? It's not in a, in a doobie rolled right. up or the, or the, the plant is, has a leaf displayed. I don't know. Right. And so of course, during RA training, they, they burn some, so we know what it smells like. But I'm just like, oh. like one day in August for 30 seconds, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't that know. doesn't, that's not, doesn't really stick right. with, I mean, yeah. out of all of the stuff that you learned, oh my gosh. And yeah. campus police, that is, at that point in your life, it's like, might as well be the FBI. Totally. I yeah. feel like. Oh yeah, they knock on the door and you freak out. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know. So I just wanted to, uh, I, I don't know, commiserate, connect that throughout college, you know, I, and you brought up Revenge of the Nerds, like yeah. literally my introduction to college yeah. was whatever was in the movies and whatever I thought yes. I had to be. Now, yes. of course, I was a chubby girl, still chub chub. It's okay. So yep. I could never like, be part of the um popular sorority <laughs> but you know I I couldn't wear what people were wearing back then and um you know I I tried to make myself into something and someone yeah. I wasn't and I wasted so much time and it has taken me years to forgive myself for not just doing what I wanted to do and be who I was and not be so active on campus 
because I was active like you. I was an RA, I was on yeah. student government. Um, you know, I rushed a sorority, which I didn't go active. I, it wasn't for me at the time. Yeah. Um, but it's which like, is okay. that's a huge decision in, your, in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it just wasn't that decision, but yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, um, there were so many things back then on how we made our decision to go to college. Yeah. Friends, you know, the feel, oh, she's nice. Okay, I'll come yeah. here, right? Yeah. yeah. And now students, like I'm working with students and, you know, they want to go because um, they can get into medical school or, yeah. you know, they have founded their own nonprofit at yeah. age 12 or something. Yes. Yeah. Age 12, I was still playing Barbies. Right. Yeah. Like, I won't lie. I mean, 100%. We're working with a different student population. I mean, there is such a drive to be rich or famous or on Instagram or social media. And, you know, um, I don't know. It's, it uh, is. It's so different. I mean, and now working for a school of business. And, you know, Boulder is pretty much a hot spot for entrepreneurship, speaking of, going back to Charles. Yes. Um, there are, they're all, there are so many students that I work with right now who have either started companies and sold them <laughs> or built apps and sold them, or they have two or three companies. This is kind of a it's not secondary because they want to get their degrees, but they are, they're already at that level. Right. And most of them, again, it goes, I feel like it does go back to, they have parents who went to college or are in that. Yeah. Yeah. Business already. Right. So they right. have that capital. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, I mean, we could talk about so many different things. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we could, we could, so we're going to wrap it up, but I do, before you leave, um, two things. Yes. Did you have coffee today? 100% absolutely. And what is your favorite brand of coffee and what do you like in it? So, um, absolutely had coffee. My daily coffee is just regular Starbucks breakfast blend, which isn't my favorite, um, I actually found this coffee shop in Boulder. It's called the Laughing Goat and they have the best lattes. Okay. I like a good almond milk or oat milk latte. And it's called the, the Laughing Goat. The Laughing Goat? Yes. It's a little coffee in, shop in Boulder. In Boulder, Colorado. So yes. this podcast today is sponsored by the Laughing Goat yes. in Boulder, Colorado. Amazing. And when I come to visit next, we're going. Yes, 100%. And our last thing, if you could give our listeners, which are thousands at this point, thousands, thousands, <laughs> one word, like a direction, words of wisdom, anything about college and what you've learned, lay it on us. Be genuine. Be genuine. If you don't know what that means, do the hard work now. Be genuine. Be honest with yourself. Don't 
just do something because somebody told you to do it or because you think it's the easy way out. The easy way out or the, you know, the way that you make decisions, if you, if you make the easy decision instead of the one that is maybe more difficult, but will lead you to the better path, you're going to have to do the work later on. So if you don't do the hard work now and you don't find yourself now as a college student, we both know. Yes. <laughs> it gets harder when you get older if you don't know yourself. Yep. And if you don't know what that means, reach out to your advisors, your mentors, right. your uh, group advisor, yeah. program advisor, whoever. Yeah. But do the hard work now. Be yeah, you're going to have to do it now or later. Yes. Absolutely. I say that. Um, my motto with my kids is you either pay now or later. So yes. let's do what we have to do now to make sure you are a responsible, healthy adult male, you know, ready Absolutely. to take on adult responsibilities or else you're, you're really going to have a hard time. Absolutely. So, yeah. so I'm going to thank. Goddess Gretchen Heidi Hulse. Did I say that right? Did I say Goddess Gretchen? Okay, because I'm in my head, it's like GHGH. That's just yeah, how I refer to you, right? And um, for joining me today, I'd like you to stay so we can talk some more offline. Um, but I am just really grateful that you are my first interview and the Laughing Goat Coffee. We're going to have latte by them soon. And um, yay, yeah. thank you so much for your time.